You're listening to teaching from Castle Hills Christian Church in San Antonio, Texas. More information about Castle Hills Christian Church is available at chccsa.com. Uh, at Philippians chapter 3, and we're talking about joy. So I don't know about you, um, but uh, it's required a lot of creativity um, to foster a sense of joy in the last four or five months. It's been very disruptive in the pandemic. I have a a four-year-old and a six-year-old at home with us, and we've uh, put a lot of energy in trying to be creative about doing some things uh, just to be fun uh, and how how we can. So uh, let's include playing some games, uh, we've gone over to grandma's house and gone swimming. That's been a lot of fun uh, playing outside in the morning. And uh, the other thing my wife and I have done, uh, we broke down uh, and after taking a month or two to find it, uh, we, uh, we bought a Nintendo Switch. Now video games are kind of like a, a blessing and a curse for a parent, right? Uh, and so, uh, but it's been fun. I've been playing games with my kids. I'll talk about that a little bit more uh, as we go forward. So, um, so talking about joy uh, and how to foster it, uh, when we look uh, in the chapter 3 of Philippians, that's really what Paul is focused in on. Uh, in fact, he just starts right off uh, in the first verse, and he says, Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. Depending on your version, uh, it'll say rejoice or be full of joy. Um, now, I don't know about you, but I want to react to, to this and say, Oh, Paul, that's easy for you to say, buddy. Uh, you're not in the middle of a pandemic, but... As we've looked in the prior weeks, and Ryan talked about a couple weeks ago, um, Paul actually wrote this uh, from jail. He was not in what we would call a good circumstance, and I'm going to guess jail back then made jail today look like a picnic in comparison. I, as we understand, he was potentially hung from the ceiling or chained to the jailer. Um, these were dirty, grungy, grimy conditions, uh, and uh, depending on him getting charity from the outside uh, to, to eat uh, and be uh, provided for. Uh, and maybe the only hint, uh, and it's not of his lack of joy, uh, he actually talks about rubbish and trash uh, depending on your version, manure and dung uh, in the passage, and maybe because he's got a good object lesson for that because of uh, being in jail, and that's what the conditions uh, were like. Um, you could say that Paul's level of rejoicing and joy is is uh, superhuman because of this. So we've actually been studying uh, Philippians in our home Bible study group uh, with, some, with some other uh, folks at the church, our life group. Uh, and uh, as we studied it, someone made the comment um, that, that Paul is effectively invincible, right? So you throw him in jail, you beat him, you chain him to the jailer, and he's singing hymns. Uh, the boat's about to sink uh, and go down in the storm, and he's got confidence and peace and telling everyone else on the boat, uh, the boat to uh, take heart, that we're all going to be okay. Uh, and I mentioned, mentioned playing uh, video games with my uh, kids earlier, uh, and one of the games that we've uh, 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 stuck on is, is Mario Kart uh, and uh, um, it's really it's fun because uh, if you if you're good at it um, the game works against you to take you out of first place uh, and if you're at the back of the pack of all the racers uh, it gives you little advantages to get to the front uh, and one of those little advantages that it, that it does uh, is it gives you uh, the star uh, and it makes you it makes you invincible uh, and uh, you can go through uh, other players if you hit a wall you kind of bounce off of it get propelled forward uh, it doesn't impact you at all and I get the impression this is what Paul is like he is just uh, 
invincible. He has the star. So uh, the question I want to ask us today is, how does Paul end up being invincible and so filled with joy uh, in spite of the circumstances um, that he is in? And so I think one of the key ways he talks about in the passage today is about his perspective about how he looks at the past and the future and how he can operate in the presence um, because of that. Uh, it allows him to be present with God uh, and seek after the, the goal that he has, which is intimacy uh, with God and with Christ. So let's talk about the past specifically a little bit. Um, there are a lot of ways that we can let the past steal our joy. So um, there can be guilt for things we've done in the past that were wrong, that we feel horrible about, that they've impacted other people. Uh, and sometimes those are small things, and sometimes those are substantial things, uh, and we carry a load uh, from that. Uh, I think we can also um, have thoughts of perfection in our lives and what we wish we would have attained and how we wish we would have maybe played our cards a little bit better in our hands. And I think that leads to a sense of disappointment in the present about how things are um, because of, of the mistakes we've made in the past and the opportunities that we didn't um, take after. Paul cautions uh, in the passage today about a different kind of concern about um, thinking uh, that's focused in the past. Um, he is talking uh, about uh, um, the, cre the credentials and the value systems that we build up in life to give ourselves assurance uh, of uh, who we are and being confident uh, kind of in our, in our well-being uh, and being comfortable with that. And I would tell you that being comfortable is, uh, in the end, a poor substitute for joy. Let's read the passage. Uh, so if you flip, in, flip over to Philippians chapter 3, we're gonna, I'm going to read verses 2 through 9. Look out for the dogs, look out for the evildoers, look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision, the worship by the Spirit of God, and the glory in Christ Jesus, and put no confidence in the flesh. Though I have myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also. I also, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as the law of Pharisee, as the zeal, persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not have any righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God, that depends on faith. So Paul gives some credentials here um, to make a point against um, the current religious establishment at the time. Um, they had a very, what we call, legalistic um, structure about establishing their own righteousness um, as the Jews uh, with God based upon uh, following the rituals, following the laws, uh, and uh, um, uh, that being um, uh, what gave them um, a sense of righteousness, being right with God, a sense of well-being. I think it was even within their, it permeated further into their culture. Uh, it even give, it gave them a sense of uh, power uh, and uh, respect inside the community uh, and value compared to uh, other people um, that they interacted with. So Paul goes on and says, hey, I've got those credentials. 
and he talks about being a Hebrew of Hebrews and a, uh, a Pharisee, the, the strictest sect of following all of the rules that they could, uh, even avoiding making accidental mistakes. Um, to kind of translate into that in today's term, I think that would be for maybe for us that are uh, uh, not, not with a ministry background, it'd be like the equivalent of getting a, a degree from Harvard or MIT or another Ivy League school. Maybe for a minister, it's uh, a degree from uh, Ox Oxford in theology uh, and uh, a resume that includes preaching at a mega church and publishing uh, best-selling Christian books. Uh, and uh, not that any of those things are necessarily wrong, but Paul's saying, hey, I've got this, I've got this resume um, but the end, um, he says, uh, and this is, this is where he's talking about maybe uh, the imagery from, from jail. He's saying, this is all trash uh, and rubbish. Uh, this, this is, uh, depending on your translation, um, dung. Uh, it's, it, it doesn't mean anything at all um, compared to knowing Christ. Um, that's, that's what's important. Uh, and I think, I think, although I don't think our culture is different, society is different, um, our righteousness with God doesn't necessarily permeate all aspects of our society the way that it did in the time um, that, that Paul was living in the Jewish society. But I think there are other things that we do, our credentials um, that we look at, maybe it's uh, um, in our profession, our job, um, um, getting ahead, uh, having wealth. Um, these things um, give, give us comfort. They can be other things. I think it can be um, our hobbies and maybe even for some of us um, going to church and maybe, maybe uh, um, trying to make up for the past by just doing good things. Even that can be a form of, of trying to give ourselves self-righteousness and credentials. So how much do I volunteer and finding your identity that? And it's been interesting uh, over the last four or five months. Um, we don't, all those things have been, been uh, not maybe not necessarily all taken away, but they've certainly been disrupted. You can't volunteer, you can't, you can't go to Sunday school. Um, there's no easy checkbox to say I've met my typical uh, liturgical Sunday school, went to worship. It's, it's, all, it's all different, and it's forced us to figure out how to have a relationship with God um, on our own without, without all of these uh, hobbies and, and uh, how we balance life out. Um, prior to this uh, disruption of the pandemic uh, happening. Um, so what, is, what does the gospel have to say about um, the past? We certainly can't change it. Maybe at best uh, we, we should learn from it. Um, but uh, Paul, Paul says in his letter here, uh, later on we'll, we'll read it, he says, forget what's behind you. Um, it, it doesn't matter uh, how we've built up um, our sense of self-worth and value uh, whether that's to our peers um, or maybe that's a trying on our own merit to build our righteousness uh, and our merit before God, giving us comfort before God. He says that that has nothing to do with it. It's all about um, God's grace. That's the answer. That's what you think about with the past. Um, your sins are forgiven. Your struggle to be right with God, that's covered by God's grace, not some work that you can actually uh, accomplish the the answer for the past is grace. Let's go on and talk uh, about the future. And that's what Paul does here. He turns to the future because um, hope is certainly not found in the past. I'm going to read verses 12 uh, to 14. Not that I've already obtained this, or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus had made me His own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind me and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call 
of God in Christ Jesus. We see his perspective on the future uh, and a little bit about the present too. I love the language in this. Uh, he never says the word perfection, but he's saying, I'm fighting against uh, perfection. That's not the goal. I'm not out to be uh, out to be perfect. Uh, that, that, that isn't the objective. Uh, perfection isn't something I can obtain. That's something God, um, God gives us. Uh, and then from there, hey, I, you know, I'm striving to what's ahead. Uh, I'm forgetting the past and I'm straying to what lies ahead. And when he says what lies ahead, I don't think he's talking about the short-term future. Uh, and that's the mistake when we think about the future that we can make. So he's not talking about our earthly uh, life and death and the rest of our time um, here. Uh, not talking about retirement. Um, it's, it's not the near-term concerns. And there's a lot of them to be had, especially now, right? Like um, we're trying to decide how to, uh, how to be sane and healthy at the same time. And those things are in contradiction to each other. So how can I get out of the house and fight being stir-crazy uh, and also um, uh, make sure that my family and individually be healthy. Uh, we're worried about our jobs uh, and what stability that going to look like. Uh, and then I think you look longer than that. You know, things we worry about. We worry about getting set for retirement and uh, comfort uh, as, as we age. Um, concerned about our health and suffering involved in that uh, as we get older. Um, it's not an easy thing. Uh, and all these things, they can be overwhelming if you, if you focus in on them. They can consume us with worry, and worry will steal um, our joy. Uh, Paul instead, when he looks to the future, he's focused on um, the eternal future. Uh, and he's thinking about what does, what does God promise him. He's embraced those promises. Uh, and, and, I, and heaven is... Uh, we can't go in a long time today and talk about it, and I will tell you that it's, it's challenging sometimes to, to understand scriptures, what it has to say about it. Use a lot of different metaphors and language to talk about it. And I've heard a lot of different people um, talk about what they think heaven will potentially look like. And there's one definition um, that gives me a lot of hope that I wanted to share with you. Um, now, I don't, I don't know about you, uh, but uh, uh, I actually, I'll, I'll admit this, but I'll admit I'm horrible at it, is... is uh, uh, I'm actually, we, we deeply long to connect with other people uh, and have valuable, close, meaningful uh, friendships. And if you look at what, when Christ goes to the cross, I'm always struck by um, the fact that, that what he's scared about the most is actually losing his intimacy with God. And he's got a glimpse of it. Through the Trinity, Christ has been with God um, for, for eternity up to that point. Uh, and he's talking about being separated from God for a matter of days, and it's bringing him um, grief. Uh, and uh, that it paints a picture of what what real intimacy um, looks like uh, through the Trinity and his concern for it. Uh, you know, in life now, um, uh, we get burned. Um, we have to build trust incrementally. Um, sometimes we get selfish and we harm our relationships, even the ones. Um, that mean the most to us uh, and uh, can bring about the most intimacy in our life. Uh, and it makes, I think, our experience of intimacy on earth um, uh, not, it's, it's a far cry from what I think it'll be uh, in eternity. But when I consider what, what God has in store in eternity and the intimacy that, we, um, that He has for us, uh, I think that's a beautiful picture of what, uh, what one thing I'm excited about uh, in heaven. 
So kind of wrapping things up here, um, if we get consumed in the past, um, it can be through sins, it can be through our own attempts uh, of being self-righteous, our finding, our building up value uh, and reputation uh, for ourselves. The reality is, as Paul says, those things are fleeting. Um, they go away. Um, somebody will always be better than you or have more or obtain more. Um, and, and if we caught, we're got caught in that game, it's, it's a game we're never going to win. The reality is, is grace is enough. Our identity because of what Christ did for us in God is enough because of the grace that he gives us through the faith that we have in him. We turn to the future. Um, we can be prone to be uh, weary and full of worry uh, for um, all the challenges that lie ahead of us, and especially now. Um, there's lots of things, again, to be, uh, to be worried about. But he's not focused on the near-term future. Instead, he focuses on the long-term future. Uh, and because of that, um, he can have peace instead of worry because he has confidence in um, the strength uh, and will of the Father to um, bring us home uh, to Him. And the result of all that and the goal uh, of, of what Paul is after uh, is that we get to be presently uh, intimate with God, uh, focused on loving God, and through the power of God uh, are given the ability to um, have loving intimacy with other people here uh, on earth. Uh, and that's only going to get better. Uh, and I think that is what gives Paul his invincibleness.